Welcome to Create Photography. This is Daniel Sig. In today's episode, I will have a conversation with London-based documentary portrait and lifestyle photographer Ben Smith. Ben is focusing on commercial work, editorial commissions, and long-term personal projects. Ben is also the host, producer, and editor of A Small Voice, Conversations with Photographers. Ben, welcome to Create Photography. Let's start with your journey into professional photography. You came into photography from journalism. Would you mind telling me a little bit more about that transition? Yeah. Well, thanks for having me, Daniel. It's nice to be talking to you. Um, it was quite a natural transition in a way because, I mean, the simple fact is I always wanted to be a journalist. Um, writing was something that I guess I had an aptitude for and, uh, you know, have always had an aptitude for. And it took me a while to actually get organized because, you know, I spent a lot of time smoking too much dope and generally having <laughs> a bit of a mis misspent youth. Um, and then I went and did a degree in actually in, in radio and TV production, video production. So that was a mm -hmm. bit of a detour into, you know, what was supposed to be a kind of um, a, a route into TV, I guess. But, you mm -hmm. know, it was always journalism that I was interested in. It took me a while to sort of really realize that, that everything I've ever done has been, had some association or connection with journalism, regardless of the medium. So, you know, I wanted to really, I guess, get into perhaps documentary filmmaking. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, after my degree, uh, during a period of failing to actually get a foot on the, on the ladder of the, the TV industry, I got a job on a newspaper near where I lived and, you know, I needed something. So I started doing that. And that sort of reignited my very long-standing interest in writing, really, and in journalism again, you know, or that kind of journalism. So did that for a short time. And then that newspaper went belly up. And mm. um, I moved to London and I sort of didn't really know what I was doing, but I started to freelance, essentially, as a feature writer. And, um, I mean, I was effectively unemployed. Let's not, uh, <laughs> kind of beat about the bush, but, um, in those days, you know, that was pretty, that was pretty common really, um, you know, mm -hmm. kind of in the, in the height of Thatcherism and, um, high yep. unemployment. And so people did all kinds of things, you know, in, in the course of that, um, kind of process of claiming, uh, unemployment benefit. And there were also various kind of schemes. And I think I joined, a sort of Thatcherite scheme, which was essentially, you know, to allow you to sort of try something different and you could still continue to claim benefits. So I started writing basically and on spec and sending features in to various newspapers and magazines. And I really didn't know anything about what I was doing to some extent. I didn't know that you weren't really supposed to be able to do that just off the <laughs> bat kind of thing. And, you know, as mm -hmm. I've said before, it's often to your advantage to be naive about things because mm -hmm. then you don't know that you're not supposed to be able to do that. And um, I did have a certain amount of success doing that, you know, and people did respond very positively and I did sell features. And um, what that did was reintroduce me to photography because people who were buying these features off in magazines and newspapers, the first thing they often said was, do you have any photographs to go with this copy? And of course mm. I didn't have. 
And I was mm-hmm. like, yes, I do. Because, <laughs> you know, you, you have to sort of, yep. you know, lie through your teeth sometimes. And right, right. What, what, I, what I actually started doing again, you know, in, the, in this kind of extraordinary kind of process of extreme naivety, really, is I went, went out and shot pictures myself. And because I'd had this very long-standing interest in photography from when I was a kid, I sort of knew my way around a camera to some extent. And I just started mm-hmm. shooting black and white. And it, it really reignited my interest in photography, which I'd sort of left behind in childhood, really. That was what I was interested in as a hobby. But not mm-hmm. in any way, you know, as a potential, you know, career or anything, because I was more interested in pursuing the writing. So mm-hmm. ultimately, what that then led to, to cut a kind of long story short, is uh, a, a postgraduate course in photojournalism, which is mm. what I then went and did. And um, that was slightly unusual in the sense that it was a weird kind of definition of photojournalism in a way. They were trying to teach us how to write and how to take pictures. In one year, you can believe that, you know. <laughs> and so, you know, it was a bit of a tall order, but mm-hmm. the writing, I already had that covered really because I was yeah. already doing that professionally. And I had, you know, the, the, the aptitude to, to know that I, I was, you know, already good enough at that, that I could just focus mm-hmm. on the photography. So that's really how it happened. Um, what I should have done and what I <laughs> didn't do was continue writing and mm-hmm. bring the photography in alongside it and, Sort of continue to juggle those two kind of, you could say separate, but in a way very closely connected sort of, uh, uh, yeah, kind of disciplines. But really, what I did was I binned the photography, I binned the writing and focused on the photography. And that's, that was, you know, the, the next 20 years of my life, really. Hmm. So, so, was there, I mean, was there then at some point a hard transition into photography, would you say? Or, I mean, because you kind of kept the, some of the writing even you write a little bit on your website and so forth did did you keep some of that in in some I, ways or yeah i mean i the, the writing that i've done since i don't really even take seriously as writing i mean i consider it to be you know sort of dabbling and i, I yeah okay. i do like when i do it now i still like it um and i do blog occasionally though i don't keep that up but really no it was a pretty hard transition straight into the photography i threw all my uh, energies and all my uh, kind of creative impulses into that, and um, you know, it was a that was a big mistake. I mean, t- uh, we might as well cut straight to the chase while we're at it, and, <laughs> and that is that um, you know, essentially, I'm I'm a I'm a writer at heart, and I'm a writer by instinct, and I'm a writer by sort of uh, inclination. Who ended up somehow becoming a photographer, possibly if you really want to get sort of into the into mm-hmm. the kind of therapy side of it because you know <laughs> i found it somehow terrifying that it, that i might be successful at that and uh, <laughs> you know, people, people talk a lot about the fear of failure mm-hmm. but what people mm-hmm. talk less about is the fear of success and um mm-hmm. you know really is the other side of the same coin mm-hmm. and i think for me it's something it took me a while to really put it all together but it's something for me that i think was very much relevant to that decision it was almost as though the thought of of you know having tried this this impossible task of becoming a writer and and then miraculously that being you know relatively successful attempt i think you know perhaps i was intimidated by the fact that you know i might actually end up being good at this you know and <laughs> that, that in itself is quite a frightening prospect so mm-hmm. i thought i guess you know this is me just putting it together after the fact i guess i might have thought mm-hmm. um, subconsciously oh i better try something else that's really really hard to get good at <laughs> So mm-hmm. I did. Uh, so that's how come I decided to try the photography. 
and then um, ended up actually, you know, getting quite good at that as well. So, you know, I was mm-hmm. I was kind of scuppered. Whatever I tried, I, I couldn't help. But um, that sounds like I'm being incredibly uh, conceited. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't help but sort of being reasonably good at it. I mean, I did I did start making a living as a photographer mm-hmm. s- soon after I finished my course, and I continued to do that for for twenty years. You know, shooting as a freelance um, for you know, for, for the national broadsheets here in, 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 in London, primarily for the Sunday Times. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, so that, that was it. It was a pretty hard transition. And did you, so, so when you started in photography, as you mentioned, right, you, you wrote pieces, eventually brought the photography along, maybe so to say, and then eventually, obviously transitioned to photography only, but was it still initially always with news outlets or newspapers? Um, or did you, because I I understand now you're doing commercial photography as well. I mean, you're doing portraits and other things. Um, you know, um, yeah. Anyway, just curious. Yeah, I mean, my my the other genres. <laughs> my interest in that at that time was was really fully in in documentary and photojournalism. That's what took okay. me back into it, and I was immersed in that world as a as a you know, I mean, as a writer as well because that was the world I knew and that was the world that I'd always wanted to be in. You know, I wanted to be a newspaper guy when I was a kid, you know, as a, as a giant, a, a writer. Um, you know, my, my, my dad was in that world. My uncle was in that world. I've got, it's a long, there's a long history. My sister became a journalist, you know, mm. kind of, uh, in mm-hmm. the genes somehow. And, and that's mm-hmm. what I wanted to do. And, you know, back in those days, I mean, the only real kind of default route in was to do a bit of training and then, you know, cut your teeth on a, on a regional newspaper or something like that. And then, you know, ultimately work your way up to the, to the, to the kind of goal of, of fleet street as it, as it mm-hmm. was then yep. called in, <laughs> in the UK, you know, mm-hmm. um, not something that's relevant anymore. So that was the world I was interested in. And then obviously when I became interested in photography, you know, it was a similar kind of subject matter. Um, it was stories, you know, it was, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I went to world press, awards exhibition every year which was here in london you know and um that's what really sparked my imagination with the photography i was already doing the journalism and trying to provide you know fairly bad photographs i know they weren't too bad but fairly kind of naive photographs for the copy that i was writing and then suddenly there i was at the world press awards looking at you know what at the time i would have thought of as being the kind of pinnacle of that kind of work I suppose it, it still could be considered that way. Mm-hmm. And um, I was fascinated by that, completely entran- entranced by it and in love with, you know, with photo- photojournalism, you know, from mm-hmm. the sort of, I guess, you know, what you might call the kind of magnum tradition. Yep. Um, yep. And uh, that's what made me apply for the course that I did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's super interesting. Let's talk a little bit about your personal projects, and then I want to get back to your professional work as well. But um, so, with regards to your personal projects, Ben, I believe many are long term, and one of the things I noticed, and perhaps uh, is a is a subtle sense of humor, <laughs> or maybe not so subtle, but I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's just me, but I I had quite a few pictures just made me laugh, and you know, I, yeah, there were, and and many of them seem very candid as well. Um, anyway, and so so I picked out one of the projects because, as you know, I'm a European, but I live in the U.S., so I picked out the the, the U.S. road trip one, <laughs> mm-hmm. the obligatory photographic 
odyssey across the usa from new york to la so <laughs> so i was intrigued but I, I thought all of them were actually a lot of uh, very interesting to look at so i enjoyed them all but um if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit more about that road trip and that that pro of course the photographic project yeah yeah well i've been thinking a little bit about it because you know you'd sort of flag that you might want to talk about that and um that sort of sent me into a kind of you know reminiscence about that uh that time uh, in yep. Edisby, I suppose. <laughs> and, um, you know, it was 2004, so, you know, a long time ago now. Um, an astonishing amount of time ago, considering how, you know, how recently it seemed to me. But, mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many things I could sort of say about it. In fact, if, if any of your listeners, you know, are interested, they can read my blog post about it, which was the first blog post I ever put on the website. So, oh, yeah. It's benzwithphoto.com slash blog, but I, I wrote my kind of thoughts about that trip after the fact and, and just put it in that blog post. And, you know, that's kind of, it's a pretty good reference to what I was thinking at the time. I mean, it was a fascinating trip. Of course, I, I still remember it, you know, well, and it was sort of obviously there was a, a what I write about is this mood of kind of post 9-11 paranoia that had gripped mm -hmm. USA and mm -hmm. uh, of course there were a couple of you know these two idiots driving around in a hire car kind of trying to take <laughs> pictures of everything they came across you know in the, in the kind of Robert Frank mo mold you know <laughs> um, uh, as anyone who does that trip would, would you know uh, whether they like it or not be in and um you know, we got into all kinds of scrapes with the, the cops and uh, the FBI even at one point because um, <laughs> it was that it was that time, you know, and mm -hmm. there was a massive amount of suspicion and, and mm -hmm. uh, paranoia, and uh, mm. it was it was funny looking back, you know, but it kind of wasn't funny, you know. There was a mm -hmm. kind of element. I mean, I'm, I'm glad you noticed my humor. I do I do sort of try and process the world in that way to some extent. Yeah, but really, we were just messing about me and my friend ian tay who's a wonderful photographer much much better photographer than than i would ever be um and off we went you know and uh we were just yeah we were to think now you know really I, I guess what i think about is just the freedom that we had we were both single you know we had not, not a care in the world <laughs> um here i am now with a you know with a 12 year old kid and you know a lot older and wiser and and I guess I think about, I guess, how you take those things for granted, really, you know, at the time. Mm -hmm. You don't really ever really appreciate how much that freedom to just do what the hell you want with literally mm -hmm. no uh, <laughs> responsibilities at all, right. you know, should And I feel in a way it was, a, it was a, a missed opportunity in a sense. I think we were a bit uptight about it most of the time. Like we were trying mm. to take pictures and we were getting really stressed out about things. I remember being stressed out half the time. And I don't, I don't really know why, you know. I mean, you know, the good thing about it is, you, you know, you're not Robert Frank. And, and in a way, right. you know, that's the advantage <laughs> because, you know, anything you do, you know, it's going to be an element of, of reality about, about yep. it. And yep. um, you realize how hard it is. You know, you think, oh, I'm going to go to America and take, you know, Robert Frank-like pictures. And, and no, you're not. You're just you're not. Right. right. <laughs> because you know, we, we, had, we had one month, which, you know, is, seems like a great chunk of time now, but, you know, to, to go across the expanse of that country yep. as you know is it's yep. uh you're barely scratching the surface but yeah i just you know tried to to make pictures as best i could and and um 
you know, I think back now and think, oh, maybe I should have shot black and white and maybe mm-hmm. I should have done this, maybe I should have done that. Um, and maybe we should have actually had more fun and, you know, just, you know, tried to meet women and had some <laughs> adventures instead of worrying about the photography. I mean, I think, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot to be said for that because then you can photograph whatever trouble you get into. Yep. Um, yep. <laughs> not the kind of trouble that has the FBI questioning you. That's just right, boring. Right. <laughs> if you try to take ideal. their picture, yeah, they would just get pissed off about it. But um, yeah. <laughs> I just mean to sort of, you know, experience the, the trip and then make yep. pictures at the same time. But, you know, it was it was amazing. We met some wonderful people. We we had a few contacts who, you know, put us up from time to time, you know, in various stops along the way and, and uh, you know, experienced the kind of warmth of that american hospitality and it was it was great and the weather was lovely so it was kind of really it was a holiday you know frankly (laughs) but but, Mm -hmm. um but it didn't feel like a holiday it felt like we had some you know obligation to to try and be productive and and i think you know we did our best but the pictures that i have from there you know people can see them on on my website and you know they're not they're not fantastic but i you know i enjoyed taking them and you know, there was no agenda, really. There was mm-hmm, no agenda mm-hmm. except that we would avoid the big cities and that we would go in search of small town America, which is mm-hmm. a kind of mythological place that, you know, you kind of grow up reading American fiction and listening to Bob Dylan and, you know, in my case, Randy Newman and, and reading, you know, American fiction and, and watching, mm-hmm. you know, those movies. And so you have that, you know, that mental picture of, of this place that, you know, you could argue doesn't really exist in your head. And um, that was a fascinating process, you know, and partly it was a frustration because, <laughs> you know, you don't find this place really. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. I'm not sure it really exists, but I think you'd have to make at least three or four trips like that mm-hmm. to really have a proper sense of whether, you know, whether it was possible. Mm. And, um, yeah, we, we, had a, we had a good time and we were sad to leave after the end of it, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Do do you still do road trips? Or do you still enjoy them? Or no, I ha- I don't. I haven't done since really. Not not of that on that scale. You know, I okay. mean, um, I don't I don't get I barely get out of London much these days. Um, because yep. you know responsibilities and and life in yep. general, you know, take sure. you down certain paths. But yep. um, you know, the the, the long term project that I've been doing for a long time and which I'm hoping to finish very soon which you know is definitely due to to be brought to fruition and and, and ended is 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 here in london so you know it's okay. good to have something that you can shoot on your own doorstep you know i think oh, we yeah, all know that yep. there's a lot to be said for that because yep. yeah it, it's very expensive if you pick a project that involves you know getting on an airplane and yes <laughs> you know having to stay True. in a hotel at yep. the other end you know that yep. that gets yep. uh, that gets pricey quickly so I picked a project, you know, some time ago now that I could do here on my doorstep and, and, you know, I'm, I'm happy with that. You know, I've, I've, I've done a fair bit of traveling in the past and mm-hmm. a fair bit of exploring, you know, and, 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 you know, my initial plan really was to see if I could be a, a photojournalist, you know, mm-hmm. and sort of person who, who does get on a, on a plane and go and do an assignment here and there. And it n- never really happened. For me mm-hmm. and you know i ended up doing that in a commercial capacity a few times but yeah, yeah you know i didn't really i guess ultimately you know the proof was in in the pudding and I, I didn't take to it to the extent that you know you need to do in that very committed way that 
you know people who do that have so mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah thanks for thanks for going over that with me that that was super interesting yeah i, I, I personally love can... love uh, i love the road road trips and we actually my wife and i will be doing one soon here so <laughs> yeah across well to the west, so, yeah you, i mean you're in the you're in the, the place for it you know yep, um yep. you're in st paul yep yep okay I'm great in st. Paul. yep okay. yep correct um correct. yeah i mean that's that's yeah more yeah, to actually be based there and to be able to jump in the car and 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 do that is is a great is a great thing. Yep, yeah, it's the, yeah, it's fun. So we basically we can drive west and then we're going through the the Codas and then we're shortly in Bozeman, so uh, which is in Montana. I mean, shortly, yeah, no fifteen ho- fifteen hours, but <laughs> but I mean, right. then in, you're then you're already in a it, it's a beautiful landscape already, and you know, close to the Rockies and yeah. So let's talk a little bit about uh, your professional portrait work. Um, I I love how your work seems so real, authentic. Nothing seems to be really staged. I feel like, Um, Mm. and and maybe even candid, you know. But is is this a fair statement, or and and is this perhaps intentional? It's just my interpretation, I guess. But yeah, no, I think that's a it's a it's a I think that's a really you know kind of accurate observation i mean again you know it is very unstaged and i don't know about candid but um the stuff that you know i've done professionally in the past you know again mainly just commissions for you know newspapers and magazines you know in the way that most freelance photographers will be familiar you know you 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 establish relationships with certain publications and then you know they send you out um, on a job and, and that is very often a portrait, you know, because that's, mm-hmm. that's always what's, what's needed fundamentally. And I think, you know, anyone who works editorially, you know, is aware of that, you know, but uh, again, there, you know, there was a certain naive, naivety to it from my point of view. I really didn't know what I was doing to some extent. Mm-hmm. You know, I, um, started working for the Sunday Times, very, you know, prestigious and high circulation newspaper and um you know i'd gone to them with a portrait with a sorry with a portfolio full of kind of black and white photojournalism so-called which is what i'd basically done in college and then you know they promptly started commissioning me to go and shoot you know color portraiture (laughs) which you know had no Mm -hmm. relationship to what i'd shown them but i think they knew that i was serious about it and that i was kind of you know ambitious and and you know they could get on with me and that I'd, you know, do, you know, a good job, I think. And mm-hmm. there I was, and I didn't really know anything about lighting anything. So, you know, I'd go off and just take my, you know, 35 mil. Actually, no, I bought myself a, a medium format camera, film camera mm. in those days. And I just go off and, and, you know, get sent to people's homes or to a hotel or even out in the street somewhere and you meet some, you know, writer or filmmaker or, you know, in my case, yeah, it was sort of people of note in that, in the kind of creative industries and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Not your sort of A-list, you know, it wouldn't be like, they wouldn't send me off to, to take a picture of Brad Pitt in his kind of, you know, <laughs> garden or something, but it would be like a writer or someone like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I just, you know, work with mainly, I'd, work with available light, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. 
And so there was a kind of naturalness to them and a kind of, you know, the, the environment was always, you know, part of the picture in the sense mm-hmm. that you know, there are people who will t- turn anything into a studio shoot, basically. That's the other strategy. And, you know, that's also a valid way to go. You know? And I didn't really understand any of that. And perhaps I should have done a bit of that. But, you know, you can, you can take a backdrop and, and, and turn any, any space into a studio, you know, in, in right. you know, 20 minutes. And, and then you have a great deal of control and take a couple of uh, portable lights with you. But I, I wasn't that kind of photographer and I didn't had, mm-hmm. had any training in all that. My, it really goes back again to what I was interested in, which was the sort of Magnum tradition, you know, of kind mm-hmm. of um, documentary. And so yep. those portraits, I suppose, feel and look naturalistic or whatever mm-hmm. word it was you used. Um, yep. because that's exactly what they were. You know, I, I kind of didn't know what the hell I was doing. You know, I was, <laughs> I was sort of just, um, yeah, using the environment that I was presented mm-hmm. with and, and, and trying to kind of just, I guess, focus on, on the subject and, you know, on the fundamentals of, of portraiture really, which is to sort of, you know, in the space of a couple of minutes, create some kind of relationship or connection with the subject mm-hmm. and, and, and kind of work with them to get a, a nice picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a great lead into my next question, because I think, you know, there's the, the lighting part and the technical part, right. Of the photograph, but then there is in a portrait, which, you know, it, seemingly it's such an easy discipline, right. When you, on the face of it, maybe you are su- superficially, but then I feel like as you're getting deeper into portrait photography and i don't consider myself personally one but you know i like doing it as well but it's actually not that easy to get people to loosen up or to be natural or to to look kind of you know that that the whole i guess the whole picture looks authentic so to say so Mm. so i'm curious you just mentioned you know you how did is there any yeah do you have any strategies on how you (laughs) or tactics how you you go about that um I mean, you're right it is it is difficult um at least it's it's not straightforward and um you know i mean i've asked the same question of some of my guests um mm-hmm. you know on my podcast you know people who are much better portrait photographers than than i ever was but you know it's it's an interesting it's kind of a mystery isn't it it's, it's um it's kind of voodoo really you know what <laughs> does create that that special moment as it were and i think there are a number of factors aren't there and they're very hard to sort of separate out. In a way, you don't want to let light in upon magic by talking too much about it or trying to analyze it. A bit like trying to analyze a joke or something. You know, it's just, you know, comedy can't be yeah, taken yeah. <laughs> in that way. True. I feel like photography is similar in a way. But I mean, yep, I guess, yep. you know, I guess people, when we confront a stranger, whatever the context of that meeting is, there's all this incredibly kind of, nuanced stuff going on you know kind of silently in our brains isn't there it's mm-hmm. you have to you know you have to talk to a psychologist or something to get yeah. to get any kind of coherent <laughs> <Right>. understanding <laughs> of this i'm just talking you know yep. off the top of my head but um you're projecting a certain uh, vibe you are communicating you know a massive amount of information about who you are and what you know what your intentions are and whether you, whether they're good intentions and whether, you know, you kind of, uh, coming at the, at the whole undertaking with a position of, 
of respect and, you know, kind of creative curiosity and all those things. And I suppose you sort of project those things and then you also react to that person's reaction. You know, if you've got a grumpy bastard, you know, in front of you, <laughs> which you sometimes have, mm-hmm. you know, you have to, have to deal with that somehow. And that's just kind of, I guess, the, the experience of being, you know, in the world is, is the only thing that teaches you. That's why possibly you get better as you get older in, you know, mm-hmm. in some respects, because, you know, if you've been sent to do a portrait of someone, you know, whatever mood they're in, you know, is neither here nor there as far as your picture editor is concerned. You know, that's your job to somehow get through to them or diffuse that situation or, you know, put them on your side or whatever it is you have to do. The vast majority of people, of course, are not like that. I mean, you know, yep. you're talking about yep. 95% of people, who, you know, come at it. First of all, you know, it's part of their job to, yep. to, be there and, and get photographed right. and um you know i'm just thinking about all the people that i met in that process and it was it was a great time you know that to go mm-hmm. off and, and make an image of, of someone you know an actor or whoever and yeah. so yeah i just i think a lot of it is kind of unspoken and mm-hmm. and mysterious as i say you know yeah. and um people get a sense of who you are i think right. and um you know, you pro- you projecting something, and so all that happens, like I say, you know, in sort of nanoseconds. You know, I think we're yep, we're processing yep. <laughs> an amazing amount of information, right? And then right. there's all the practical stuff, like you know, stand there, look at me, don't look at me, you know, and mm-hmm. <laughs> the basic yep. stuff, you know, and right. it all kind of somehow right. comes together, I suppose, or you mm-hmm. hope it all somehow comes. Together. But I think all that stuff about oh, you know, you're trying to get to the soul of the place. I think that's all basically a load of bullshit. I mean, you know, let's yep. face it, you know, <laughs> the most part, you just trying to come away with something interesting right. and something that mm-hmm. represents, you know, that experience on that particular day at that particular moment, you know, with that particular person. And, you know, if yeah. you're a different person on a different day, you might have a totally different experience and a different interaction. So, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's part of the, the joy of photography is to, in, you know, enjoy all those nuances really and kind of, yep. you know, lean into it all. Yeah. Yeah. Even as a, professional right it seems like there there's always some improvisation there's something there's a lot of things you have to just do in the moment and, and solve little problems here and there and <laughs> yeah yeah and i think that's why I, yeah and that's why i i would i would invariably try not to um you know complicate all that with the paraphernalia of photography and you know yep. and, and lighting and stuff like that i mean there are times mm-hmm. when if you're comfortable with that stuff you know, then that's part of the kind of the, the kind of shtick in a way. You know, you're yep, setting up, yep, you're what chatting, you do. you're yep, trying yep. to put people at ease. But I, I, you know, I, I didn't do that because I, I wasn't comfortable. Frankly, I just wasn't any good at that stuff. I hadn't really, you know, got to a point where I was comfortable with it. I still, to this day, regret never having really got my head around. Yeah, sure, I can light a portrait, but not, not well. You know, not kind mm-hmm. of brilliantly or you know, in a way that would be particularly creative. Um, and I know there are loads of photographers who, you know, are brilliant at that. I mean, you can learn how to do that mm. on YouTube now. You don't even... Yep, yeah, totally. But there right. are pe- people out there. I mean, they're yes. probably, you know, <laughs> amongst your listeners and my listeners, there are thousands of people who never, yep. you know, earned sent out of photography who could light a portrait better than I ever could. So it's not, <laughs> you know, it isn't right. about that stuff. It's right. about so many other things as well. It's just yes. that is, if you can do that right. too, then you've really got it all going on, you know. Right. 
Well, and you raise a very important point, and frankly, that's actually one of the things inspired me to start my own podcast, and I want to talk about yours too soon, but um, it's really the that we're, nowadays it seems such an emphasis on the gear and the technique, which is arguably important, right? But it, it just seems, ultimately, that's not, it, it's not that important <laughs> and you know as much as you know and, and i do i'm interested in in that technical aspect and you know i've done a lot of rope photography and so forth but but you know that said it's just that it, it's a technique to get you somewhere but it's not but i feel like we're sometimes people get too hung up on on the on the gear aspects of things mm. Yeah, I mean, you, you've got two different things that you're conflating there. I mean, there's the gear and there's the technique. So just to separate those things out, I mean, the gear, let's just get that over and done with. It it's, doesn't mean anything. I mean, you know, I've I've talked to, what is it, 180-something photographers sure. on my podcast now, and I don't think I've ever once talked about gear. Um, yep. <laughs> and, you know, n- neither have they. You know, maybe occasionally, yeah, I think we've had the odd conversation about, you know, the ver- various merits of, or the differences in in process if you're shooting on a ten by eight field camera and a thirty five mil, of course, then that <laughs> right. suddenly becomes you know very relevant. But yep. no one cares about you know gears per se. I think uh, perhaps in the amateur world it's more of an obsession. But yeah, no professionals don't care about gear. They just use the gear that they want to you know use and that they're comfortable with and that they think is going to serve you know, their purpose, which is to make, you know, the mm. best picture they can make in that, in that context. As far as technique goes, I think that's, you know, that's separate. And I think mm-hmm. I'm not even sure what we're talking about to some extent, but I mean, if that means the technical stuff and having a, a really good understanding of, of light and of um, how to, certainly how to light things, you know, artificially, then, you know, that's back to what we're talking about. And I, and I think that's massively worth learning how to do because mm-hmm. even if yep. you never use it you know just as a matter right. of kind of basic professionalism yep um and um i guess that shows how professional i am but you know <laughs> it depends. <laughs> depends again you know you can you can you can do yep. what you want now because yes i mean there's people shooting you know really incredible work with with smartphone and yep, yep. so you know what's that got to do with technique does it matter if you use a filter or something does it matter if your camera's doing all the technique? I don't think it does. I don't think it matters a jot, you know. Right. Um, so I just, yeah, it's it's really just it's more of a a barrier to yep. what's important than than right. something that sort of you know aids right. what's important. Yep. You know, you're trying to communicate something. You're trying right. to. It's really about human emotion, mm-hmm. um, and um, possibly about you know exploring. I don't know if you want a kind of art tip, yep. and you know you try and explore ideas, but yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. But that would that—that's my position on that, and that's right. why I, I, you know, when I started my podcast, I was like, I knew what kind of a podcast it was not going to be, and I knew that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, if I that's if right. I set the agenda that I would that there would be no mention of gear, then I knew, yep. you know, sort of by default where what that was then going to lead me to focus on, which I think is the more important stuff. Yep. Yeah, great. Well, and we'll get into the podcast shortly. I just have a couple more um, questions I want to ask you about your commissioned work. Um, you do lifestyle, fashion, and other commissioned projects. And 
you alluded to that a little bit earlier, but I'm still curious. What kind of projects do you tend to enjoy most? Um, yeah. Um, well, again, you know, back to sort of first principles, really. You know, I, I come at everything from, from a sort of documentary tradition. Mm -hmm. And so uh, those kind of lifestyle commissions that you're talking about um, are the sort of commissions where what the goal is really is to show very fake situations in a way <laughs> that makes them seem, you know, naturalistic and yep. real. Um, mm -hmm. Because, you know, of course, if you're doing an advertising campaign or something or, you know, shooting a poster for a mobile phone or whatever it is, you know, there's a great deal of preparation and uh, production involved in something like that. And so the, for me, what I, would what I really love is to be in a position where I have the freedom to shoot as if I'm, you know, doing a documentary project. Those are the kind of shoots I love doing. So, you know, I mean, I'm just looking up at my website just so I can actually remember, Daniel, oh, sure. what the hell I've, you know, <laughs> done because I'm getting old and my memory's rubbish. <laughs> but just looking at my own sort of, you know, section on lifestyle and there's a shot of some guys um, in Brazil who are uh, capo, who do capoeira, capoeiristi. Mm -hmm. Um, and so of course, you know, that was a shot, a shot that, you know, was very carefully planned and prepared and, and, you know, these guys were, you know, I guess found an insight in an agency or something or kind of good looking blokes, but they, they were genuinely did do capoeira. They weren't sort of pretending. So, you know, they, it was all set up and that would mm -hmm. be completely standard practice for that kind of shoot. But, you know, I. The, the picture that I've put on my website was one that I shot of them as we were walking back to the car, you know, at the end of the mm -hmm. shoot, you know, mm -hmm. and it was a genuine moment, a natural moment, a real moment. And, you know, composition isn't perfect for that reason. You know, it's, I want to move a bloke a tiny bit to the left every time I look at the picture, you know, mm -hmm. but that's, <laughs> I, I like the, the, the naturalistic, you know, the, the naturalism of that image because mm -hmm. it was real. And so, that's kind of a privilege to be put in that situation where you've got these um, these people in front of you who you know would not be there otherwise. Let's face it, you know, because they're, right. they're paid to be there. They're professionals yep. and they're doing a, <laughs> doing a job, as was I, you know. But um, yeah, I I don't know if I've answered your question, Daniel. But those those are the kind of yep. shoots that I no. really like. You know, where I get Absolutely. that. Where basically yep. I have that freedom and and um, you know that that's I think possibly you know quite a a nice position to be in. It's not that common, I don't think, you know, where you mm -hmm. really can just do whatever you want, you know, and yep. and you're trying to get that sense of, of reality. And in fact, what on my website, where I am in that commission section or in that lifestyle section, which is under commission projects, there are sets of pictures in that, in that section, which actually aren't commissions. They're ones I did myself. So, you know, mm. I've kind of taking liberties there really, because I'm mixing yep stuff that looks like it's commissioned but isn't mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. in the same way that i might mix yep. genuine documentary stuff in stuff that hasn't been commissioned i don't think mm -hmm. one should get too hung up about you know right. you know what's what's really entirely true in this particular context um yep. but a lot of it yeah it, it looks like reportage photography except there's a bit more smiling in it that would be my main mm -hmm. kind of <laughs> distinction you know right i don't yep. i'm not big on smiling when it comes to yep. uh documentary stuff but but yep. yeah for this kind of stuff of course they they expect a bit of smiling because they don't want everyone to yep. look miserable 
Um, yeah. And so, yeah, those those are the kind of commission shoots I I like. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned fashion. I don't I don't do fashion really. I mean, I put a little okay. fashion shoot on on my website, okay. which was, um, which was, you know, which I enjoyed doing actually, and which was, you know, a kind of a kind of commission. It was someone, you know, friend of a friend type thing. But um, mm-hmm. obviously, that is a very specialist uh, world. I wouldn't for a minute claim to in any way um, do do that. But yeah, the other stuff, yeah. you know, because it's more like where I come from in that kind of yep. documentary yep. tradition. It, it, documentary, it's, it's, that's yep. in my wheelhouse, really. Yep. So, Ben, how do you typically prepare for a commission project? You know, and, and I, I do understand, of course, there, you know, you, you, you have some big name clients, and then there's always, there's going to be the smaller <laughs> clients and the smaller productions uh, as well. So, but, you know, is there, just curious a little bit, how mm. how you go about that yeah run around panicking for you know the first <laughs> few hours just going like i don't i'm really not in any way qualified to do this that's my genuine <laughs> that's my my, that's my first, the first step <laughs> yeah yeah like you know a yeah. lot of kind of imposter syndrome and then i sort of pull myself together i suppose and go well actually you you yeah, you know you know how to do this um you know it's pretty mundane really i suppose you know uh, it is true to say the more preparation you do the the, the less panic there's going to be i think yep. everyone yep. everyone who's had the, that experience regardless of whether it's photography or anything else you know mm-hmm. if you have a job to do and you prepare it very thoroughly then you know there's less down to you know chance and there's less uh, scope for you know running around like i say panicking but um i think you know uh having a really good um assistant is incredibly important i think and i mm-hmm. you know it doesn't have to be the same person each time but i think most photographers yep. who do those kind of shoots on a regular basis have you know a little team of people i think that they that they draw yep. on they might have one or two or three assistants which they sort of maybe rotate or um and you know the other thing is to have a if you can work with a really good um first of all whoever's doing the production so who's doing the yep. logistics and the organization the yep Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's super helpful because those people can can calm you down when you're freaking out and you know thinking yep. that everything's <laughs> going to go wrong. And also, you know, a great art director. Um, yep. You know, the art director I work with on a lot of those shoots, Ali Landy. Oh my God, she's just such a such an asset and such a lovely person and just mm-hmm. such a a kind of great presence you know to have mm-hmm. inside you because it just it just chills everything out and um i think there was a time when i used to think oh those people are there to sort of get in your way and piss you off and right <laughs> and, and sort of you know bug you about stuff or question right. your creativeness i suppose you that could be possible but i it wasn't my experience it was quite the opposite right. you know it's fantastically mm-hmm. collaborative and it's fantastically um you know kind of creatively beneficial to just have someone like that beside yeah. you you know and they let you do your job and you let them do theirs and it's that yeah. is a that is a, a joy you know so i think those are the important things yep so well thanks for thanks for giving me an overview of, of your professional work i want to dive into um your podcast called small voice conversations with photographers first of all yeah. i want to recommend our listener 
this podcast. And um, so we'll link to it, of course, in the show notes. And thank you, Daniel. The, the interviews I've heard, and I got to listen to more, they're all super interesting and inspiring. So, so I really, really love, love listening to, to this thank podcast. Um, so maybe let's start at the beginning. So what, what inspired you to, to start this podcast, Ben? Yeah, I've thought about that many times. I, as always, I think it's multifactorial. In fact, if mm -hmm. any of your listeners did want to uh, explore my podcast, then on episode 100, I um, put myself in, in front of the microphone and, and actually, you know, was my own guest, as it were, or at least I got a friend yep. to, to be <laughs> me. And uh, it was somewhat self-indulgent, but I thought it was uh, an opportunity to, to talk about those things. And I, and I think I had yep. some sort of um, audio recordings of... Um, uh, you know, just literally kind of voice memos that I'd made for myself um, at the time mm -hmm. when I was planning on doing it. And they were quite sort of raw and, and obviously I never imagined I'd actually share them with anyone, which I, I did end up doing on the podcast, but it was oh, really cool. just trying oh, to kind of get, yeah, get things straight in my own head really about what I was trying to do. But I think, I mean, to some extent, I think I felt a bit lost, you know, at that point, I think I, I felt maybe a bit depressed and I felt like, you know, uh, I didn't have a sort of community around me in a way, you know, and I wanted to reconnect with, you know, other photographers and people in the photo world. And at the same time, coincidentally, and I think that's just, this is how these things always happen, isn't it? It's a sort of confluence of factors. Mm -hmm. But I discovered podcasting really for the first time. I mean, obviously, podcasting had been around for a long time, but, you know, people are still... Mm -hmm discovering it now and that's seven years later after i did but i really sort of fell in love with it as a medium just as a fan of, of podcasts and i know oh, yeah. a couple of mm -hmm. the ones which you know really i kind of struck me as as something different and something that was really of interest and and i guess at the same time i maybe came to the conclusion that just by, ch quite by chance i had this weird combination of of skills you know, a skill set, I suppose they would call it, um, mm -hmm. which, which put me in a position to to do a podcast and, and hopefully be any good at it. You know, which makes mm -hmm. me think back to back in the day of fear of success. You know, where by, as I said before, I um sort of deliberately, or no, not deliberately, but subconsciously um, sabotaged my own <laughs> attempts at, uh, at at being a writer because of that, but. I guess I was, in a way, um, determined not to do that again. And so it was a kind of opportunity to put some lessons learned into practice, really. And, you know, namely not to do that and to, you know, have a bit of commitment and to carry on doing something for, uh, you know, a reasonably extended period of time without, you know, deciding that it was all a waste of time. So mm -hmm. I set myself initially... Uh, I wanted to give myself an, an out, but I said, look, you've got to do 50 to myself. So mm -hmm. at that time I was doing one a week. So, you know, that was the, that was how it, how it started. I thought I would like to, you know, talk to other photographers. You know, it was an interesting time in photography um, in the way that the world had already changed, you know, unrecognizably in terms of, you know, the digital landscape and, and the way in which yep. that had, had an impact on people's, you know, working patterns and people's income and everything. So inevitably I did have, although I didn't feel like I had a network or was in a community, I obviously had 
a number of close friends who, you know, I could ask. So, you know, it's always your friends you go to first, isn't it? Yeah, so I asked first, them. Yeah. <laughs> the aforementioned Ian Tay, who I went on the road trip with, um, and uh, a couple of other friends, Vanessa Winship and George Giorgio. And, you know, they were my first kind of victims. And again, didn't know what I was doing really, but um, I just dived into it. And that's how it all started. You know, I literally just dived in um, with the intention of, you know, putting it into the world and just as a sort of exercise for myself in a way. And mm-hmm. yeah, here we are seven years later and 188 episodes, I think it is. I know. That's amazing. So, so I'm curious. So how does talking to other photographers inspire and perhaps inform your own creative process? Mm. Yeah, it's a good question. It's funny because I sort of, I sort of joke that, you know, the other, the other, I think, reason well, maybe another reason for doing it, but was that, you know, feeling that I'd had, I'd kind of messed up in a way, you know, that I'd kind of mismanaged my career, um, you know, which arguably I, I, I have, you know, in, in many ways. I made a lot of silly mistakes and, you know, one has to just, you know, own that, I think. And mm-hmm. I, I sort of joke that, you know, it was a kind of ultimate act of, of masochism really was to, you know, while I was feeling guilty about doing that, that I would then talk to people who, who hadn't done that. You know, I talked to a lot of, you know, very successful photographers about mm-hmm. how, <laughs> how, how fantastically successful they were. And I kind of, you know, a few times have thought that's just such a, you know, that's such a crazy thing to do really, because that could only make you feel worse, couldn't it? You know, if you're feeling pretty bad about your, yep. yourself <laughs> and your career, then don't go and talk to a load of people who've, you know, done it right. But actually, <laughs> Although I did do that, you know, I guess in, in the end it, it didn't, I don't feel that way about it. And I was determined from the start that the way I was going to handle that was to just be kind of unrelentingly supportive of, of those people's success and to celebrate mm-hmm. their success, you know, and that I wasn't going to get all kind of bitter and twisted about the fact that I, I felt like I'd, you know, messed up in a lot of ways. So I guess the answer is that it's made me, um, it's given me an incredible, um, sort of sense of, of community in a way. It's given me all kinds of opportunities to talk with really, you know, major photographers who I would never have had a, a reason to talk to otherwise. You mm-hmm. know, and it's used to just get in touch with someone and say, do you fancy a chat? You know, I mean, you can't, if you don't have a podcast, they're going to think you're weird, you know, if you do that. So, you know, the idea of um, having an excuse to do that and mm-hmm. and, and call up, or, you know, email, um, I don't know, Paul Graham or uh, Martin Parr or, you know, uh, of the many people that I've I've spoken to. Um, It it was, you know, a fantastic excuse to do that. And it's, it's, it's left, it's given me a lot, you know, and um, it's given me a sense of, of having a place in that community in some Mm -hmm. weird way, you know, not as a photographer, but, but as a sort of supporter of, you know, photography in general. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's in a weird way, I don't know if it's had any kind of practical impact. Um, it, it strangely, it's sort of the, the kind of falling off of my photographic practice has coincided with the, uh, <laughs> with the way in which the, um, podcast has grown. So you could argue that's actually been pretty disastrous for my own, um, practice. I mean, I've, I have got this long-term project that, that, you know, I'm sort of failing to, um, bring to fruition because, you know, possibly because there's something scary about finishing something, you know, and so you sort of find yep. reasons to um 
to 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 you know you know put obstacles in in the way of yep, that but yep. <laughs> um i've just enjoyed you know hearing from people and really i guess the main thing is the realization that everyone's in the same boat to some extent mm-hmm. you know even mm-hmm. if you might be you know on the on the face of it uh more successful than the next person or you may have earned more money than the next person or you may have had more recognition than the next person the creative process is pretty much the same for everyone and mm-hmm. photography you know is all about that you know and so everyone's struggles and everyone's uh kind of experience of trying to negotiate that process you know they're they're pretty similar regardless mm-hmm. of of who you are and where you are in the process. There's something comforting about that and there's something reassuring about that. So, you know, mm-hmm. I think well, that's the main thing. Mm-hmm. So has talking to other photographers changed how you think about photography in general? And, you know, maybe the, the other side, side comment here is what, what you kind of alluded to earlier, right? The digital photography obviously changed the landscape a lot and probably continues to do so now even smartphone photography and so forth but um yeah anyway just curious if you feel like um talking to other photographers has changed the way you think about photography i think it i mean definitely broadened my horizons in terms of you know realizing that what an incredibly broad church photography is, you know, mm-hmm. and how many different ways of approaching it there are and how many different philosophies towards it there are and how incredibly sort of kind of, you know, philosophical you can get about it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a fascinating medium, but it's so much more than just a medium, really. And I think I, I don't think I would have understood a lot of the nuances that people have talked about to me on the podcast over the last seven years if I hadn't had those conversations um you know and i continue to hear interesting perspectives from from people so i think that's the main thing that's mm-hmm. it's just me a much richer uh understanding of what people love about it as a medium and and the subtleties of it really you know and of course mm-hmm. the drawbacks and and the, the weaknesses and the uh, limitations inherent in it which you know are always there and which you know always need to be acknowledged and and sort of somehow uh negotiated but you know the other side of that coin is that it has some amazing strengths and qualities that other mediums don't have and so it's really just the exploration of all those issues that it's given me, i think or the the opportunity to think more about those sorts of things because like i say you know i came from a i came from a pretty sort of specific uh, area of interest and discipline and you know on the podcast i've had yeah lots of great you know documentary photographers and photojournalists but you know also people who are you know consider themselves to be artists are much more um you know towards the art side of thing and mm-hmm. to have an appreciation of some of that stuff and how that can kind of feed into the other type of work or how the kind of the kind of divisions between those uh, different disciplines are kind of have broken down a lot, I think, you know, over the, over recent years and how you can fluidly really move between different, uh, you know, types of photography and, you know, kind of come up with something really 
quite interesting, I think, as a result mm -hmm. of, of not pigeonholing yourself into one particular definition of what that's, you know, what, what photography is all about. Mm -hmm. And expanding on this a little bit, and this might be another tough question, but, you know, what are some of the memorable learnings from talking to all these photographers? And, you know, I know you, you talked to over 180. Um, and yeah, anyway, I mean, aside from, you know, the community aspect and the connective, you know, mm. getting more connected and so forth, just curious if there's certain things that, mm. that you kind of feel like you've taken away because that's a lot of, <laughs> that's a, yeah. that's a lot of discussion. <laughs> yeah. I wish I had a really, you know, neat and, and, uh, memorable answer to that question, Daniel, but I don't think I do. I think the answer is that. The stuff that matters to me that I've learned is stuff that's really about, you know, life rather than photography. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, you could argue it's both those things at once, but I think it's really understanding, you know, some of the fundamentals that I was trying to sort of remind myself of when I started the podcast, really about, I think, you know, having a work ethic and, you know, getting out what you put into something. It's really basic stuff like that. It's, it's just kind of life mm -hmm. learnings, really. But, you know, and the sort of stuff your average sort of 20-something might have already uh, kind of, you know, taken into their heart by now. And I've here I am um, well past 50, and I'm still sort of trying to learn some of these things. But I think, as I've said before, you know, <laughs> one day I'm going to do a, a chat on, on my podcast where photography is not even mentioned. And uh, mm -hmm. that's that's fine by me, you know. Like, that, right, right. I'd consider that some kind of a, a victory or a triumph because yeah. <laughs> what what I'm interested in really, uh, the, the photography yeah. is an excuse to talk to people about, you know, how how they, uh, the creative process and 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 life in general. And so, yep. I suppose I'm trying to sort of, uh, I don't know if I'm trying to dodge your your question or if I just simply try no, and no. come up no, no, with some kind, kind of half-assed yep. answer. No, no, but no. But the stuff that I, that my takeaways, I suppose you'd say are, are really simple stuff about, you know, commitment really to a cause and, 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 uh, or to a practice. You know, a practice being, you know, something that you, you return to pretty much on a daily basis that you do whether you feel like it or not to some extent that you do, you know, for reasons that you might not even necessarily fully understand. Mm -hmm. that you do because you love it. Um, you know, there's all this stuff going on. And, uh, yeah, having a practice, you know, which for me has sort of become the podcast to some extent, mm -hmm. the repetition and the commitment and the continuation of something, you know, means that the, you know, what you end up with is 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 greater than the sum of its parts, I think, you know. Someone, yep. Yep. you know, someone said to me recently, one of my guests said to me recently, you know, or we were talking about how, you know, what I have inadvertently sort of gathered together is a sort of a, a teaching resource really for anyone who's interested in, in the creative process and in photography. And, you know, mm -hmm. I talked about the reasons for starting it and that wasn't one of the things that I mentioned because it, I don't think that was in my mind. You know, mm -hmm. I was just trying to, you know, literally get from one, get enough in the can to have one come out every week initially, yep. you yep. know, and then, <laughs> and then I went, I went to, right. Right. I went to fort, you know, fortnightly because that that was too onerous. But yep. um, I think 
you know, that is actually one of the, one of the reasons. So yeah, it's those things. It's, it's that sense of, um, really being inspired by people's ability to just keep going really. And, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot mm-hmm. to be said for that, you know, to, yep. to, you know, and I talked about how hard it is to finish something, but, um, the, the power and the value in, in just being able to finish what you've started, you know, there's something, there's something beautiful about that, you know, I think there's yep. something kind of noble about that. And, yep. you know, not that anyone's going to, I'm not suggesting you're sort of, you know, curing, you know, disease or solving the economic crisis, which we could do with right now here in, in the UK, but, uh, yep. you know, in your own little way, mm-hmm. you know, you're doing something worthwhile, I think, you know, because it's really about, you know, that process. So, yeah, yep. I'm sorry. I'm sort of, that's a bit of a round. No, 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 this is a great, no, this is super helpful. And I know that was really, <laughs> really a tough question. I don't know how I would answer <laughs> it, but um, no, this, I appreciate it. Um, so, and, and still sticking on that theme a little longer, I, I'd like, so if you think about all your, your discussions and we talked a little bit about the creative process, right? And that you feel like there's certainly, you feel like there's, there's a lot of commonalities. Um, so if we, think about this a little more um and, and i understand that the creative process may may actually not be the primary topic or not the topic at all in your conversations but and i also realize it's a tough question but do you think there is a, a common theme in in how the, photo- the many photographers you talk to approach the creative process do you see something of yourself maybe in them or you know how how other photographers do things I mean, the, the simple answer is no, there isn't a common okay. theme. And I think that's why it's interesting. And I, and I, that mm-hmm. is what I, you know, want the podcast to be about, be about at least, at least some of the time, or, or perhaps that's always there under the surface, really, regardless of where the conversation goes, you know, the creative yep. process is essentially what we're talking about. But I think what's interesting about it is that no, there's no common theme. I think that, okay. you know, there are a million different ways to skin a cat, as it, as they say. And, and, okay. you know, um, <laughs> that's what's fascinating really to talk to people about the way in which they approach that. I mean, sure. Yeah, of course there, there are, there must be some, you know, underlying principles. Really. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I wouldn't, again, don't want to let light in upon magic to some extent. I don't want right. to think much about, um, you know, breaking those things uh, down. Right. Um, right. Maybe if I went away and like, like come back and write a thousand word essay about it or something, and maybe come up with something a bit more coherent, but, I think mm-hmm. what's interesting is everyone approaches it in their own way. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it is, you know, that in itself is a creative act. You know, I mm-hmm. think the way in which you approach these things and solve, you know, these problems that, you right. know, creative process is, is about doing, then, yep. you know, in, in, in its own way, you're being creative in doing that. So mm-hmm. that's what interests me. And I think that's yep. why that's was yeah. another motivation for doing it. You know, um, it, it and I find never. that so interesting, Ben, because, you know, that's part of what I've been thinking about too a lot is, you know, the creative process and obviously doing, you know, this, my little podcast as well about this often. Um, and, you know, often I think we tend to, at least as speaking for myself, we tend to worry <laughs> about what others do. How do others, you know, approach it? Oh, they're so successful. This looks so great. But then I think we forget to sometimes just do what 
we like to do and how we mm. feel like it's right. And so, totally. so that's what maybe that what kind of what you mentioned in a way kind of confirms that in a, in a certain way mm. because there is no one way. If somebody says on YouTube or wherever, right, and tells people, "Oh, yeah, you have to do a portrait such and you know, this is the way to do it." Well, <laughs> not necessarily. No. <laughs> No, absolutely. You know, always, always take that sort of advice with a pinch of salt. I mean, if you if you don't know where to start, then maybe that gives you a, a jumping off point. But I think what, what yep. I've learned is that the really great creatives, you know, have been people who just had to go their own way. You know, and mm. and to some extent, you know, had a kind of pathological need to mm-hmm. you know <laughs> reject whatever the kind of uh, you know accepted way of doing something is, just because mm-hmm. it's like no, screw you, you know, I'm going to do me right. kind of thing. And I, and I think those are the people who, you know, those are the people who, who, who change things and who move things forward. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's one of the things that I'm really interested in. Yeah. So, and then before we move on from the podcast, I just, what keeps you motivated? I mean, you've done it, you've been doing it for a long time. I mean, we do it, you do it very regularly and you, you did mention it's a practice now for you. I mean, it has been now for, for quite a while. Um, so yeah. What, what keeps you motivated to keep it going? Yeah. The podcast you're talking about, obviously. Yeah. yeah the podcast. Yeah. yeah sorry. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's a good question. I think, you know, I, I do consider it fairly regularly, but yeah. like you say, I think you get to a point, of no return, don't you? And you realize this, I'm just going to have to keep doing this and, you know, forever until I die. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then that, that is the practice of it. Um, but yeah. I still, I still enjoy doing it. And I guess the answer to that question is I hear, I get feedback from my listeners and, mm-hmm. uh, they say the most amazing things and they tell me what they get from it and they tell me how valuable it is to them. And, mm-hmm. you know, how in some cases it's been, you know, a life changer. And that's an extraordinarily kind of humbling position to be put in. And, you know, given this is just this thing I did on a kind of whim because I suddenly thought, yeah, I could do a podcast. What's the problem? You know, mm-hmm. I, I know a few photographers, <laughs> I'll start there. And, and that was it. And, and then in that process of, of kind of determined, you know, continuation, you suddenly, there you are, you know, and you've been doing it for years. But I mean, the answer is a bit boring at the moment, really, because I think, you know, fundamentally for me, and I don't know where you stand on all this, but I've got to a point now where I have to move it into a place where, I, you know, it, it needs to be, if not my job, then it needs to be a proper revenue stream for me. And so I'm now mm-hmm. determined to, to, you know, after so many years of doing it without really any financial gain, I have to turn it into a proper job. And so yep. that's kind of a slightly unromantic answer, but it's, it's sure. a very real yeah. and true one. Yep. Yep. And so, you know, I, I do one. have sponsors. I've had sponsors for some time, for some years now, but, but, you know, I need more sponsorship and mm-hmm. I need to increase my member numbers because I have a subscriber only edition of the podcast, which, you know, a very sort of lovely, loyal, um, cohort of people are prepared to give me a very small amount of money a month for it. So. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I need to build that because if I can build yep. those numbers to some degree, um, I can, this can become my job and that would be amazing, you know, or it could at least mm-hmm. become a decent enough revenue stream that 
at the moment it's just you know it's not if i you know if i went on dragon's den or whatever they call it in the states um uh, shark tank you know and, and propose this as a business plan they'd laugh me they'd laugh <laughs> me out the place. Just like, you know they'd be like yeah well uh, yeah, you really haven't thought this through you know it's it's an absolutely terrible idea if, if you think you're going to start a podcast and earn some money but i think if if you have a an audience if you build an audience mm-hmm. then you know you you can get to a point where at least you can make inroads into that project so that's that's my yep. kind of goal at the moment is keep doing yep. it as i always have but get a bit more serious because as a creative person and you'll probably relate to this and your listeners will probably relate to this what, the one thing you tend not to be is very uh, business like right uh, did right. i say as a, as a <laughs> did i say as a creative person or as a business person yep. i don't know i'll say it again as a creative person, the one thing you tend not to be is is very good at the business side of things. Some people are brilliant at it, but for yeah. the, the majority of people, it's just not of interest. So, very true. Yeah, you know, it's taken me seven years to realise that actually, what I'm trying to do here, or what I should be trying to do, is 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 run a business. You know, mm-hmm. and that business happens to be you know a small voice, you know, enterprises yep. or whatever. You know, and yep. and it, it, it it's <laughs> primarily the podcast, but it can be other other sort of spin off revenue streams and. Yeah, I just don't think in that way, you know, and I never have. Mm -hmm. And that's probably why I've, you know, been broke my whole life because I'm just, (laughs) I don't have that entrepreneurial spirit. And I know I really admire people who do have. And so I have to that now, you know, though very late in life, I have to, to, to pivot really towards a much more, you know, kind of just grown up attitude towards, you know, running a business, which is, it makes mm-hmm. me feel kind of slightly embarrassed to even talk about it in those terms. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. businessy people say, oh, yeah, I run a photography business. And you kind of go, what, you mean you're a freelance photographer? You know, or they say, I run a mm-hmm. graphic design business. Oh, you mean you're a freelance graphic designer? Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's two ways of thinking about the same thing. But, right. uh, you know, you shouldn't be dismissive. I actually I right. have, you know, have a lot of admiration for people who see it, you know, in, in, the, in the latter way rather than the way in which me and a lot of people I've mm-hmm. known over the years would think of it. You know, it's not, it's okay to think of that because that is essentially what you're doing. And, and I think, yep. you know, you got to sort of, you know, imagine it and, and, and then you can possibly turn it into reality. So that's the boring answer is that I want to mm-hmm. monetize what I do, you know, yep. uh, to some extent because I cannot continue to, to take vast sums of time, a vast yes. amounts of my yes. time. Uh, as, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you'll relate to this, um, yep. doing something that, that just, you know, just, you know, the, the income from which is just completely out of proportion to the amount of time yep. it, it, you know, I spend doing it. So yeah, that's, that's the, yep. the truth of it. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for that answer. No, that, that's great. Um, I hope and, that's, um, yeah, all right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, but based on your own, here's another question on that. Um, so based on your own experience, what would be your advice to other creatives, other photographers, artists? starting their own podcast Mm. well i think (laughs) it's gonna come as no surprise my answer is just do it okay you know um Mm. but it also reminds me of uh you know daniel craig the actor who um until very recently was was james bond and uh yes someone asked him what's your advice for the next bond and he said don't be shit (laughs) 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 so like that would be my advice just do it Mm -hmm. Oh, don't be shit. You know, it's got to yep. be good. It's got to mm-hmm. be good. Don't don't think that you can put any old crap into the world and 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 right. you know you'll find it. So you know, I mean, and that goes that goes for any uh, creative endeavor. You know, 
the the message to just do it is absolutely fundamental and super important. But then the sort of second message, which people sort of forget to add, is it's got to be any good, you know, yep. uh, uh, to find an audience for it. And um, mm-hmm. you know, we do now live in the fantastic world where you know it's possible to find an audience and and put your work into the world, and mm-hmm. and the gatekeepers, you know, just aren't there anymore. But if you look at the stuff that that you know gets successful or that people get recognition for you know it it has to be good mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know and and, yes. and that's hard because uh, you know yeah, how do you know really i mean i did look you know i i i can only assume that people think my podcast is good because i have listeners and they tell me it is but you know i don't have that sense of of self-confidence in a way and i still question myself you know whether it's any good but you know i just i just you know, I, I do continue to do it anyway. And yep, I certainly didn't yep. know when I, you know, on episode one, whether it was going to be any good. I just, I wanted right. to give it a go. So that's, that's what, that mm-hmm. would be my advice. Give it a go. Yep. Yep. And on that note, if you don't mind me asking about another um, important step in, in the process of doing something like this, especially if you do interviews, is, um, how do you go about <laughs> finding and approaching photographers or, or other creatives to talk to? I know this is something that, at least in my in my world, it takes a lot of time, a lot of effort. Um, it can be frustrating at times. But I'm just curious um, yeah. how how you how you go about this because I know this does take a lot of time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it, it's a bit sort of random in a way. I mean, okay. there are different there are different, I've got this kind of list on my uh, notes, you know, of potential guests, which, you know, is ever expanding. And okay, people, people suggest people to me, like friends that, you know, I respect other photographers will say, oh, have you thought about having X, Y, and Z person on? So then I look into that person and put them on the list. There are people who just come, come to mind and who I then put on the list who, you know, perhaps I've been, you know, looking at their work for 20 years and I finally think, oh, wow, it'd be amazing to get that person on. Um, and then I sort of keep an eye on what people have got coming out because if someone's got a book to promote, uh, mm-hmm. then that is immediately, you know, much more likely to bear fruit in terms of, you know, mm-hmm. them coming on. Um, right. and, and, you know, everyone, I don't mind the fact that they've got something to, to, to promote because why not kind of thing. So I, yep. it's nice to yep. buy in with something like that or an exhibition mm-hmm. perhaps. Um, and so I just, it's different sources really and different ways of coming across people. I, I see stuff that's happening on Instagram, stuff that's happening in the world. Like, you know, while the Ukraine crisis is, is happening, you know, it's made me think about, um, you know, the fact there's a lot of really great Ukrainian photographers. So, mm-hmm. you know, I need to, mm-hmm. to maybe think about getting one of them on and I've got a list of, you know, then I'll ask someone who knows a lot about Ukraine or, um, you know, I'll, I'll find people on in Instagram. So there's just, yeah, it's kind of all sorts of different ways of, of coming across, okay. you know, people and yep. building, building a list that I can then, uh, email people on. But, you know, if there's, the other thing is to be patient because yep. people, you know, you've probably had this experience many times. People agree to do it and then they disappear off the face yep. of the earth and you have to like yep. gently hassle them, but not too much. So yeah, that's, that's about, true. you know, <laughs> making that judgment about how, you know, how much to hassle people, how much to leave them alone. Yep. Um, I, I have a sort of policy of I'll send, if, if I don't hear from someone, I'll send three emails 
And if, yep. they mm-hmm. yeah, if they don't reply to the third one, then clearly either they're not getting them or they're not interested and that's fine. So I'll sort of scratch them off the list. But, you know, if you want to get someone, you know, super famous, then you have to have a certain amount of patience, I think. And you, also yep. your timing, I think, is important. Like I say, if they've got something yep. that they want to talk about, they're much more likely to go, yeah, I'll do it. Why, why not? Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's the, the usual kind of combination of things. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, no, thanks. Thanks for sharing that. That's that's super helpful. Um, so I want to briefly talk about one of your interviews with uh, Ryan and Adam. And um, it was, a, for our listeners, it's a, in my view, fantastic discussion about her experiences on Pitcairn Island, uh, which is an absolutely isolated and hard-to-get-to island in the middle of the South Pacific where the descendants of the mutiny of the bounty uh, live. When I started listening to it and I thought, oh my gosh, this is two hours long, no way. (laughs) And then I could not, I have to be really honest, I could not stop uh, listening to it. So I was really mesmerized by uh, your conversation and and the whole story. So um, yeah, anyway, I wanted to um, ask you just briefly about, um, you know, your impression and and, and so forth. of, of her story and, and the overall discussion. Well, you know, you're right. It's a long episode. And, and, you know, I think, you know, one of the attractions of podcasting is that it's kind of evolved into being a very long-term medium. And it just, you know, that happened sort of naturally because there's no limitations, you know, it's, there's no TV schedule that you're filling a slot in or anything, you know. And so on the one level that invites uh, a self-indulgence you know and and you end up with um you know four hour long podcasts which (laughs) i think is is completely nuts but you know like um uh you know some of the 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 best what's his name who's that who's the most famous podcaster who's sold his podcast to spotify for 100 million um uh, rogan yeah yeah so if you've got someone like uh yeah what's his Anyway, yeah, whatever. Um, if you've got something like the, the Rogan podcast and, you know, he's doing three and a half, four hours, you kind of go, really? Is it? I don't think I have that much time in my life. But some stories take time to tell. And, and that was the case with um, Rhiannon, you know. And I, when I first got wind of that story, I think I, we were standing outside some kind of uh, opening or whatever. And I think she was talking about it. And I was just, you know, one of the people, standing around i didn't know rihanna at that point and i just remembered sort of my my jaw dropping open as as she kind of proceeded through the, the narrative and i just went you've got to come on the podcast and tell this story this is unbelievable so mm-hmm. you know that's kind of how it happened and and i wanted to to really hear it in detail so it, that's how long you know i think probably it's probably the longest episode of one of them but it you know it is a fascinating story and um, people can obviously check it out and she just produced a book um, yep. based on that project very recently. I yep. just came out really a few months ago. So that's sort of the ultimate kind of conclusion of that um, story. But yeah, she went and marooned herself on Pitcairn Island in yep. the middle of the South uh, Pacific for a period of three months, you know. Um, and uh, and then, you know, there's a very dark kind of narrative about uh, child sexual abuse, which kind of, I don't know, can't quite remember if she was aware of before she went. I think she was, but 
Yeah, I it's, think it's really hard aware to of the lawsuit or something. Right, that right. Happening and uh, yeah, anyway. it's it's hard to 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 do it justice. Uh, you know, to, by right. para- paraphrasing what happened, but it was. Yep. It was. I I enjoyed the chat, and it was one of those. You know, it's what I call the sort of and then what happened school of of podcasting. Yep. You know, it's <laughs> yep. really just. Yep. Pretty much, that's all you have to say. And then what happened? Right. Because someone is just laying out a kind of chronological narrative for you. Yep. And so, you know, your job is kind of made easier in that way. And obviously, yep. I didn't interject. I, mean, I can't remember. I haven't listened to that episode for so long, but right. it was just like, wow, <laughs> really? And then, yeah. you know, she's just <laughs> telling it. Of course, she, I guess she'd probably told, told it a few times. So yeah, yep. that, that was it. I remember, I remember that um, episode well. And we, we had a, a check-in quite recently where she t- told me more about the book that she, that she produced as a result, which is oh, that's great. a thing that I do where, uh, you know, the, the, the members who pay for my uh, subscriber only episode get uh, bonus material. So that's one of the things they get, they get a sort of check-in with a, a former guest and I get to sort of catch up with what they've been up to, which is interesting process because, you know, in some cases it's someone I haven't spoken to for five or six years if they were, you know, an early guest. So there, you know, Rhiannon was one of them and, uh, yeah, she's produced this really fascinating book project as a result of that trip. But yeah, it was a it was a hell of a an experience, you know. I think, yep. it, as she yep. would put it, you know, the hardest uh, experience she's had in her adult life, you know. And yep. that then begs the question: Wow, what happened? So yeah, if exactly. people, want, I'll use that as a teaser. If people want yeah, to find yeah, out, no, they, people, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, and we'll link to it in the show notes. I, I would absolutely recommend this. This is really a fascinating, wonderful story. And, yeah. And yeah. So definitely worth a listen yep thanks daniel i totally agree well great well i think um before we wrap up i have one more question i also want to be sensitive to your time and really thank you for your time of course but um where can people it should be an easy one where can people best find you online (laughs) yeah well thank you for the opportunity to to tell them it's bensmithphoto.com is my website and there is um, a small voice podcast um, page on that website where you get all the show notes and even the audio for the podcast. So you can find out more about the podcast there. And if you're a podcast person, then you will know that you can find the podcast on whichever uh, app you use, really, or what you know, whatever method of using of finding, uh, listening to podcasts yep. that yep. you use. You can just um, type in a small voice and it'll pop up, and you can subscribe Wonderful. to it. So. If you're interested in in checking out a couple of episodes of the podcast, then just uh, type that into your into the search box on whatever podcast app you use. But yeah, you can find me at uh, bensmithphoto.com and I'm at bensmithphoto on Instagram. So if you want to, okay. you know, uh, have a look at the Instagram takeovers that my guests do on a regular basis, you know, it's it's not just my uh, stuff on there. It's it's very often my guest stuff because that you know yep. I like to invite them on and they take over. Yep. For a whole week so you get to see some of the work that they've done that's great wonderful well ben thank you so much again for for being on create photography i really enjoyed our discussion today not at all daniel thanks so much for inviting me on yeah i really enjoyed talking to you and a great question so yeah i really appreciate it thank you all right this concludes my conversation with ben smith london-based photographer as well as podcast host i hope you enjoyed it as much as i did i think um he's got a great podcast he also has a great eye so check out his photography as well 
As always, everything will be linked in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening and talk to you next time.